Yes. Hello, Beck. How are you? Oh, I'm so good, my love. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining me today. I am super excited to talk to you. Not that I am a, any, uh, not that I am not familiar with. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, you, you always get to talk to me every day at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I get to talk to you a lot. I yeah. get to be in your presence a lot. We love it. But I do love it. But for um, those that are not familiar or have not been in Beck's presence before, I am speaking with Beck Antonucci today. Beck is an emotional wellness and wellbeing coach for women. Beck has a long history of working with men and women from a fitness perspective all the way through to now creating or guiding people to make massive transformation in their lives. I have, I think I probably met you, it would be just over a year ago now, the first time when I was uh, invited into Beck's space um, through another another coach I worked with um, and I felt an immediate resonance with Beck's message and the way that she is. She has an incredibly infectious vibe about her and is such a stand for personal freedom. So welcome back. Thank you, my love. That's so nice to hear all those beautiful things and so grateful. I find Social media world is so uh, beautiful and to have someone so important, like the, all of the beautiful experiences now that we've shared and know that that's just through someone who invited you to follow along that yeah. it, just, it just makes me feel, it just makes my heart smile. Me too. So if I, one of my biggest passions in life is the power of transformation through conversation. Mm. And I think this is one of your, like, for me, someone who has, you know, been in your presence, been in your, um, when you, been a participant in your audience, mm -hmm. but then also been someone who's worked very closely with you. So in your containers and one-on-one, -on -one. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like this is like one of your superpowers. Was this something like, were you always super comfortable in speaking and sharing so openly? Mm. no 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 I think my voice had been really dulled down in high school my uh, journey stems from being severely bullied by women I went to a prestigial girls school and I feel like that was when my voice really got shut down um, and that was when you know I speak a lot about the people pleaser online that's yeah. when I was trying to explore who could I be to get them to like me? What could I say? How might I express um, if I was, you know, very, very nice, if I was very, very complimentary, if I was rebellious, if I wagged school, if I did something um, naughty, I would just explore so many different things to try and just get them to like, love and accept me. Uh, and no matter what I did, no matter what I tried, there was no acceptance on the other side of anything that I was doing. And when you go to a prestigial girls' school, popularity seems to be like the pinnacle of, of what success is. And I used to think, well, if I can't fit in here with these 160 girls, I'm just going to go out to the world. No one's ever going to like, if I can't make it here, I'm not going to make it out in the world, not realizing how very, very different it was. And that's probably where my voice very first got shut down. Damn. And so then it's definitely been a journey of, 
you know, thinking that I was using my voice, but using my voice in spaces that didn't feel truly aligned that I needed to explore to then step into my authentic self-expression. And perhaps in five years time, I'll look back and be like, this spec now is another phase of me until I go into the next evolution and whatever I'm speaking and expressing and sharing about then. So um, it's definitely been an evolution. I know that you speak a lot about some really big transformative moments in your life Mm -hmm. and, you know, very painful events that were big transformative moments in your life. Mm -hmm. But when you think about like those first moments when you realise that like maybe there was more to, maybe I'm not speaking to what I desire. When was that for you? You know what? It was probably six months before I did Stretch 22 with Preston Smiles. Yeah. Where I had done so many years of self-development work and nothing was landing. Like I knew it all and I was watching coaches online and I knew what to say. I'm very intelligent. I love the work, very emotionally intelligent. Even when I was a personal trainer, I essentially was a life coach, but I didn't realize that I was selling them life coaching. I thought I was selling them lunges. They were coming for me. They were coming for the empowerment. They were coming for, I've always naturally been like it, like this. I feel like God just wrote it on my soul and I've always known exactly how to deliver it. But I didn't realize, I just thought they were coming for lunges. Then by the time I got into the personal development world, I'd done so many years of workshops and courses and really trying to discover who I am as a woman. I used to think that, again, the next pinnacle of success for me was to be a business savvy woman and have my own brand. So I'd explored that in terms of activewear and worked with uh, a director of this high-end franchise for so many years, and just so much stuff. And nothing was landing. Like all the, all the tools that I'd learned, it wasn't yeah. integrating. And I was like, what is the block? And that was that um, going through Stretch 22 and activating my voice around the STI shame it that unlock of my voice there is what allowed everything else to finally land land and so what was the thing like because I know you still work with like you're such a believer in working with like really powerful mentors Mm -hmm. and I know that you're such a huge supporter of Preston Smiles and his work Mm -hmm. but for you like before that when you say you did lots of personal development work what was the catalyst like why why that because I I love this you know if you went out and asked anyone who was not doing any sort of self-development work anything Mm -hmm. whether it be like reading reading or Mm -hmm. you know maybe listening to some podcasts or just even an exercise regime Mm -hmm. you know I feel like when I talk to women they're like no no I'm good I'm happy I felt empty yeah I felt bored I felt stagnant I didn't have a vision I couldn't see where my life was going. My uh, friendships felt like I was trading time for company rather than time for connection. Yeah. And I just didn't see a bigger vision and it felt, and I've always had this feeling of feeling like I have so much potential and I would hate that feeling. Like I used to say my biggest fear was that I was going to die wasted potential. I was like, why do I feel all this incredible potential within me? but what the F is it for? I don't, I'm not doing anything with it and I'm not feeling inspired by it. Um, And I heard someone talking about Landmark. Landmark was the very first course that I did. Me too. Was it? Yes. That's really funny. Yeah. Actually, no, this is what it was. So I I know that you also know that my journey stemmed a lot around disordered eating. 
Yes. And I was just in this, uh, like it felt like a roller coaster merry-go-round of kind of on and off this wagon and just something that yeah. was consuming and controlling and really destroying my life, quality of relationships, relationships with myself. I used to think that I hate food. I was like, food is ruining my life. And I even used to, I, I, I see your facial expressions. I even used to say like, I wish it was drug addiction or alcohol yeah. addiction or something like really yeah. fucking bad, like heroin or speed or crack cocaine because that's bad for you and I just have to stop it I was like I can't just stop food I have to eat but I hate it it was it was uh it was an all-consuming kind of experience to be in that for a really long time and I was dating this boxer he was gorgeous young incredible body you'd look at him and just be like you are a beautiful man And one, and I was sharing with him about my body image stuff. I said, you know, I actually go through a really hard time with my self-image and about what I look like. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, oh, you know, I used to go through that as well. He's like, I used to be really shy. and I used to hate what I look like. And I looked at him like, are you kidding? You've got like ripped abs, you're gorgeous. And he was like, no, I've gone through a really big body image journey. And the thing that supported me to break break through and break free from it was landmark it taught me how to speak to women it taught me how to be confident in who I am as a man and so really at that time with my disordered eating I was just looking for a solution anyone that that came into my space I was like you might have the key to my happiness it used to be personal trainers and diets like that person will have the secret recipe to the perfect diet that person will have the miracle solution to how to exercise for my body Everyone I thought had the key. So his was the next key that I'd never explored before. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know what I've been doing hasn't been working. Maybe an entirely mm. different avenue, a path to walk. And that really opened the door to seeing at the time, I was like, if I work to become Janine Alice, Janine Alice uh, own, is a franchisor of Boost Juice. Boost and yeah, yeah, I was like, if I was her, I would be so happy. Happy. And, and I was working with a woman that was kind of sim- similar vision to her. She had a franchise. And I could see the behind the scenes of someone who appears very uh, successful externally that wasn't behind closed doors. And when I walked into these personal development groups in Landmark, I saw all of these people who were 10, 15, 20, 30 years older than me who had everything that I thought that if I worked to get what they had got already, I would be so happy and fulfilled. Yeah. And I was figuring this out at 25. I'm like, look at these miserable people in these personal development rooms who hate their lives, but they have the car, the house, the family, the wife, the the businesses. And they're behind closed doors. They're saying, I hate my life. I'm unhappy. And I looked at them and I thought, I'm not willing to, I'm not, that can't be me. And I'm not willing to work for the dangling carrot only to find out the dangling carrot is always going to be out in front of me. And I'm never going to get there because there doesn't exist. And then I'm going to end up unhappy and unfulfilled at 40. I was like, I need to do something about this now. Yeah. And that started my deep dive into self-exploration and self-discovery, spirituality, plant medicines, mentors, personal development. That's what cracked me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. By the way, podcasters always laugh at me. They're like, I don't even have to come up with questions because you just talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's like, that's why I love these podcasts because I'm like, I'm doing a, a facilitation thing next week at a function and both the guests are like, do you have a list of questions? I'm like, nope. 
there have been a few things I've been asked to be a guest speaker for. And um, I mean, I know you, you align with what I teach and I believe that the feminine energy, we all have feminine, masculine energies within us, but the feminine energy really flourishes in a grounded, structured, masculine container. Yeah. Too much, for me, that's light, grounded, structured, masculine. Yes. Because too much structure and I feel suffocated. So when yeah. it comes to, I was asked to be on a podcast recently and there was such a thorough induction process for this podcast that I was just like you can ask me anything you can take the conversation wherever it needs to go to me that feels like flow or I'm a Mm -hmm. guest speaker for a retreat coming up and they're having weekly meetings they want a structure of your presentation I'm like I know what I'm like I've got a beginning I've got a middle I've got an end (laughs) like God will just allow me to flow anywhere in between all of that and it will be magic yeah if I script it it's going to be boring it's gonna be a high school assignment exactly and I feel like it's no presence, you know. I was watching, I was watching one of your test your client testimonials yesterday. Mm, Marika. Yes. And I thought, wow, that was just her. You know, you see people speak and you're like, and I used to see this in myself. I would watch my videos and I'd be like, Natalie, there's still a bit of you that's not there. Mm. I can tell there's a bit of you. That's not there. This is still, well, I would think I was in my expression. There was still this piece that was like, I'm watching it and it's me and I'm not buying it. You know, and I was watching her yesterday and I thought, that's so beautiful. That's like just answering the questions, just so in her expression and her appreciation um, and her testimony of working with you was just so, it was really beautiful to see. And I love seeing women get to that point where they're, the mask is off, the last little filter has been taken away and it is just, this is what's on my heart. I love my favourite part of, like, I love the entire journey, but once we complete and for the women that create their testimonial videos, a lot of women, because a lot of the work I do is around voice activation, yes. that's like their final assignment. And um, for those that want it, and it's just, it's so rewarding for me, especially, yeah. you know, we forget when we, once we evolve, we kind of forget the version of us that once was. Yeah. So like that woman even spoke about herpes shame and breaking through yeah. that and speaking about it on the internet. And our ego mind can be like, oh, I, I need to be further ahead than where I am. But to if I could grab that video and show that video to the her that I first met on our initial intro call, she would be like, that to Whoa. me would be the dream yeah. to embody that. But once we get to the next place, it's like, okay, I'm ready to we go. Don't like, remember. I'm here and now I want to go there. So yeah, it's so beautiful and just so proud of every woman that comes into my space yeah. and the work that they do. And yeah, authentic. Even I love what I love about that video is in the beginning when she is talking about herpes, you can see there's a little bit of speed in her voice. Yeah. There's a nervousness around it and it's beautiful. And then as she starts to talk about her at the end, she settles as she speaks about her love and adoration for me. And it's just, you know, that genuine, authentic mm. self-expression is beautiful. Is. And that's what, that's what humans connect with. Yes, we do. And so, uh, yeah, like to circle back around on that, I find it really interesting when someone's like, what are you going to ask me? And I'm like, well, I don't know what you're going to say. Mm. And I want to hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. So no, I'm not going to stop something that is literally your flow and your genius and your expression because 
I had this scripted question about. But you know what I love about that as well is it just shows me how beautiful we are as humans that we've been taught we need to get it right. Oh, yeah. We've been taught that we need to people play so the person can be like, well, I want to do it right for now. I want to do her podcast justice. We've been taught to always have to look good. Um, otherwise, we're going to be worthy of judgment. So there's just so much. If someone wanted to know exactly what you're going to ask them, there could be so many parts of that maybe their voice had been shut down when they were younger maybe they stood up in class and was about to give a presentation and the kids laughed at them and that trauma when they go on a podcast now even though they're speaking about exactly everything that they know they've got a seven-year-old in the back of their mind the kids in the class are going to laugh at you yes it's still there isn't it it's it's so so I was talking with someone uh, a new client of mine about similar child like in a child work mm. and you know I was I had mentioned it in a live I was doing just like oh my ego and my little my inner child you know she commented on the live and I'm like I have to tell you that I feel like the reparenting piece the inner child piece has been the single there's been so many things that I feel like have really helped me like just get out of my own way you know mm. But the inner child stuff, I feel like, oh, my God, this is like the opening to, oh, wow, this is where it all came from, mm-hmm. you know. And I know you you are a huge, like, you live your life in terms of, like, play and service to that inner child. So talk to me about, like, when when did this become... Like when did you have an awareness of like the importance of this work and how do you feel like that has like unlocked your voice and your expression and how you lead your life now? You know, I've been contemplating this a lot lately and people do love how playful I am. I love that myself. Me too. Um, And I've been thinking, especially now that I'm in new partnership, I've been thinking about how, I experience like we've been talking about obviously our love languages and um, mine's like very, very high up there, physical touch. Um, And then, and I can receive that through sexual intimacy. I can also receive that through play. And then if I think about it and I, I've just been really in a lot of contemplation around how we, we create our beliefs about the world as children. And so I know as a child, I really idolized my father. And I know as a child, my dad's very playful. And yeah. my dad is very affectionate. So it for me, it makes perfect sense. My mum is also very, very playful, very, very yeah. childlike. Yeah. When I witness my family, when I witness my mother and my father, I see like two adult children. Like for my 30th birthday, I just wanted to go for a nice dinner. And then we went to time zone afterwards to play air hockeys and basketballs. That's all I wanted to do. And I had the best time. It's one of my favorite memories. And yeah. seeing my parents in their inner child expression and play really lit me up. That's like one of my favorite memories ever. And so I think it's, you know, I think it's literally connecting back to how we were taught. I'm very fortunate in terms of all the adversity that I've gone through in my life has definitely been from high school onwards. I came from a really beautiful, cutesy family that loved and adored me. And my beliefs around love were shaped then and it really makes sense to me that play is such a high value for me and physical intimacy is such a high value for me um and then I think I've just started to learn when I think about the world and everything that's going on and 
COVID and sickness and people that experience illness and how our beliefs can create certain different kinds of sicknesses and pains and aches. And, you know, I have a client recently, she's had so much back pain and she's just been absolutely beside herself with this back pain. And she hadn't been having a conversation with her boss and she finally did. And the back pain disappeared. She said immediately after she went into his office and walked out, she literally said that she felt a pop and the back pain dissipated. But up until now, she'd been having anxiety attacks, yeah. thinking that her body was failing her and wondering what was so wrong. So um, just these beliefs around what shape us and what we call into our life and what makes us a healthy human. Yeah. And then really deep diving into, I've been quite um, anti-modern medicine. Yes. Believe it serves a role. Yeah. Definitely has a place. For me, it's not first place. And so I've been really thinking about what, do I consider medicine and what really lights me up and makes me feel healthy? So obviously there's food. Yes. I love my ocean swims, ice baths, yep. Uh, yep. sex, uh, mm-hmm. uh, self-pleasure, laughter. Laughter to me, I've been thinking about it. It's my favorite of all the medicines Yeah, because yeah. I can have it with you. I can have it with my mom, my dad, yes. have it with my sister. I can have it with my housemates. Yep. I can have it with a stranger on the street. I can have it with my partner. Yes. I used to be like, sex is my number one medicine. Like, mm, no, I love it. And laughter can have often many, many times a day with yeah. many, many kinds of people. Um, so that's really, that's probably where I've really started to lean more and more and more into it is really thinking about how we can be healthier people mentally and physically and yeah. understanding what natural medicines we can work with that are easily accessible to us. And for me, that's the inner child playful expression. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that emotional regulation piece, isn't it? Yeah. It's like so important for us in terms of our overall well-being. Mm-hmm. I know that like people ask me, when you're in the cancer journey, what do you think it was, you know? And I remember thinking, just having this knowing very early on that emotional stress, because I had been in such a state of emotional stress for so long, I remember thinking, I just have to drop everything in my life that creates this and just focus on that where where am I in this game right now and what do I need to do mm-hmm. and what can I let go of that is creating something that I strongly believed really contributed to the prognosis being where it was at. Oh, um, obviously I talk about STIs on the internet yeah. and herpes virus and I've had women who have come to my online workshops who have been like, Beck. I've worked with doctors, naturopaths, uh, psychologists. Yeah. And I have not been able to rid myself of this virus in terms of the physical symptoms. And she, the one woman said, sent me a message saying, one workshop with you. And I haven't had one since. It's been months. I've had them chronically for 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, that belief that something's going to come or the fear that something's going yeah. to arrive, we're manifesting into our reality the thing that we really want to avoid. Yeah. And then creating more of that, the experience of that. So once we become hyper aware that thoughts become things and our beliefs shape our world, we start thinking, well, I'm not going to allow space for really ineffective beliefs to enter my mind. And that's one of your big pillars in your work, isn't it? Like that's where you create transformation Mm -hmm. through the, like the transformation of those ineffective inner belief systems or emotional belief systems or things that hold you back 
things that don't serve you. Mm-hmm. When when do you think that you became aware that this was like such an important thing for our emotional wellness? Hmm. I definitely, I mean, the STI shame rocked me. Yeah. That was probably the toughest one. Breaking through and breaking free from that and unlocking my voice and feeling everything that I'd been studying land and integrate. Yeah. That really hit home for me. And then just not seeing, like I had a boyfriend once and his father was a pharmacist and would really load him up with a lot of medications that were entirely unnecessary. And I witnessed someone so beautiful and attractive and full of potential kind of really destroy his life in a way um, when it came to drugs and all different kinds of things, recreational party drugs. And I, I just thought to myself, if your father had a different belief system around natural health rather than modern medicine obviously he's a pharmacist he believes in modern medicine as a first point of call yeah i used to think to myself i wonder how different his life would be um and even when i've been in my darkest of times i've always moved my body and even when i've had poor eating habits i've always valued eating healthy food yeah um even if it's been very very restrictive or eating super healthy and then binging there's always been that healthy food component yeah and just knowing how much better like feeling the difference between having incredible day of eating foods that make me thrive to having an episode where I would eat food that mentally would just wreck me and the depressive thoughts that would come from that just being so in sync with our bodies really are so sensitive to what we put in and what we're thinking yes which means if we want to create change one of the predominant things that we get to do is ascertain some a level of discipline accountability to self and just hyper awareness of the thoughts absolutely for years i had really struggled with like a lymphedema condition where i'd had like a lot of surgery on the right hand side of my face and i'd be like oh you know it's alcohol which that was the first thing i'm like i can't really drink alcohol anymore and when wasn't a big deal, I had a baby, I'd had cancer. It was like I'd had years of not really drinking anyway. So it didn't really phase me. But then I started to notice like one or two drinks, my face would blow up and I could feel it, you know. And then I started to notice as I got into the personal development work, when I would have an emotional um, flare up with someone or not be listening to my inner voice and denying it, I could feel this, you know, and I'm like, huh, move my body, shift my emotions, regulate myself, see difference in, you know, and for me it was like, because I used to joke with people and I'd say, you know, like my body, okay, it's it's always been like slightly different looking, but not the face, you know. So then God goes, okay, we're going to do it to your face. Mm. and you're not going to be able to ignore it then mm. he's like can you see this now are you are you awake to this now yeah huge i've been listening to a lot of esther hicks lately mm-hmm. just to sort of you know when i'm working and stuff i put a little esther podcast on 
and I really loved and you were one of the people that this really landed for me being in the energy being in the energy of the thing you want to create Mm -hmm. taking the aligned action if the aligned action is in the energy of what you want to create and having that high intention and the low attachment Mm -hmm. you know towards like what the desire is what the end goal is and I was listening to STX yesterday and she's like, if it is in your life, it is because you asked for it. So talk me through like, because I know you are such a huge believer in energetics mm-hmm. and you are such a big proponent of like disciplined, aligned action in the energetics. So what is your like, if you could give a tip to people listening around that, what is like the Beckism on this? Oh, the Beckism on this is the avoidance of emotional pain will only further manifest pain into your physical reality. That is my entire, when I, when I look at my journey, yeah, I just feel like it, God is, you know, God is also laughing. God loves laughter. Yeah. And it's so funny, you know, when I think about it, our beliefs create, thoughts become things, our beliefs create our world. I was bullied at 14. Yeah. The girls would yell at me, you're disgusting and rank. In those moments, I would start saying, maybe I am disgusting. Maybe I am rank. <clears throat> I decided to change my body, thinking that. I also had been assaulted by a boyfriend in this time, and that then led me to the gym. I thought that if I could change my body to look strong, people might not try and hurt me. Yeah. In that process, I lost a lot of weight, and people started being very complimentary. And I started realizing that through the way that I looked, People would like and accept me. Yeah. And my belief was if you like and accept me, you're not going to try and hurt me. Yeah. So yeah. while people think that um, external validation is a vanity thing, like I need you to tell me that I got beautiful big boobs and bright sparkling blue eyes, it's like, well, no, if Nat validates me in this moment, she's not going to try and hurt me. Yeah. She's not going to bully me, which led to emotional pain. That emotional pain led to physical pain. I attempted to kill myself. The boyfriend, emotional pain, physical pain. He assaulted me. It's just a human searching for safety. Exactly. And so in those moments, I associate, okay, if I look good, if I diet and if I look like this, people are kind, men ask to date me, women invite me places, I'm included, I'm safe. Then I went overseas, horror overseas breast surgery. Bang, universe, like, is that not a, that's disgusting, that's rank. Like it was a horror overseas surgery. I've shared it on Instagram before. 10 years of disordered eating. Like I would wake up in a bathroom, passed out, covered in my own vomit from all the laxative bottles of laxatives that I would drink. Yeah. Um, came back 25, uh, left a partner. And the next man I sat with gave me an STI and that was my wake up. But another stigmatized, a, a thing so stigmatized yeah. in society yeah. as disgusting. Did, did, where did the STI come from? My mind created it. God was like, ah, 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 bitch, you're not going to avoid yourself yeah. any longer. I'm going to give you, you thought that you could get acceptance in this world and love yourself if someone else liked, loved and accepted you. So now what I'm going to do is put something on your path that is so stigmatized by society that the only person left to love herself is you. you. And through you loving and accepting yourself, that's where you'll find your love and acceptance, not yep. the other way around. Not the other way around. And once I face off with the thought, beautiful things started happening <laughs> my coaching business blew up 
Yeah. My, I met my partner who I'm quite certain is my person. Yeah. You know, really, really beautiful things started happening. My money story entirely shifted. Yeah. Beautiful things started happening, but it's because now it's from a place of embodiment and worthiness, not, well, once I have the boyfriend, that makes me good enough. Once I have the money, that makes me good enough. Once I have the coaching business, I had to choose me when I didn't have those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so... Where do you think that starts? That thing where we really believe that all of our validation comes from outside of us. I mean, it probably starts as children when we're, you know, taught by our parents right from wrong and that, you know, when we're naughty, maybe we got smacked, maybe we got sent to our room and ignored, maybe... Uh, we got sat in a corner on a chair with the chair turned yeah. inwards and um, our back facing outwards. Yeah. Maybe we got told or called a name like you stupid little girl or you bad girl or that was bad. You're a bad person. And we start learning, okay, well, there's a way to be that's right. Yeah. And there's a way to be that's bad. And if I do the thing that's right, maybe I clear the dishes after dinner and mum and dad praise me. Validate me, hug me, tell me that I'm a good girl. Let me have ice cream. In those moments, I'm like, right, I learn if I do the right thing for mummy and daddy, I'll get praise and I'll get acceptance, I'll get love, maybe I'll get a gift, maybe I'll get dessert. And if I do the wrong thing, I'll get ignored or called a nasty name. And so we start learning from such a young age that love is dependent on our behaviours and whether someone else thinks that they're right or wrong, good or bad. And I think that's really where it starts. And then we navigate uh, kindergarten and school. Yeah. And really, we're just learning more and more of that, of how to be and how people respond. And then to maintain some level of safety in this world, we start curating our expression depending Around on the reaction of others. Where we're going to get the validation from. Mm. I know I say to my son, like, <laughs> I'm really cranky with you right now. This is really not good, you know. But I say to him, like, I may not li- like what you've done, but I will always love you. Because I want him to understand the difference between, you know, your behaviour is not you. It's just a behaviour you're exhibiting right now. It's not you as a person. And it does not, does not add or subtract from how much I love you in any given moment. Yeah, I, um, I think he'll be interested in when I parent to be able to tell the child off and love them at the same time. Yes. Because the withdrawal of love and granted, Preston always says this, you're going to fuck your kids up no matter what. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, that's parenting. You're like, that's parent, that's just. But to be so conscious of, to tell, tell yeah. the, let the child know that they're in trouble in such a way that they're still loved. I think yeah. that's definitely the magic source. I think even in that, um, even in those moments, I'm like, it's very difficult to watch a child be very disappointed in themselves and not want to be like, oh. you know, I have to hold myself back and be like, you need to maintain the staunchness here for a moment and then you can go like, <laughs> then you can go and be like, are you okay, darling? Are you all right? <laughs> you know how much I love you? But I think too, you know, it's um 
I think it is so important for us to understand mm. that that um, whilst it's so beautiful to be connected to other human beings, that it is like how we think and feel about ourselves is the, is the thing that fuels us. Of course. You know, and it's, it's so beautiful to have meaning for connect, meaningful connection. It's so beautiful to have purpose in life, you know, but it is the thing that is the is of life is to be able to give that all to yourself. Yeah, and I think it's about deep diving into what your, our unique values are and making sure that, like for me, it's freedom, yeah, uh, creativity, growth, connection. Yeah. So for me to feel really inspired about my day and really go to bed at the end of the night and be like, today was a brilliant day. Yeah. I've got to access each one of those and experience each one of those in my day. Yeah. It's like a little recipe, isn't it? Mm -hmm. These things together make a really happy version of me. Mm -hmm. Mm. And, as you know, all of one thing without some of the other, I think even before we got started, I was talking about how we were in lockdown last week. And so I got that beautiful um, connection with my partner because we stayed in his home. I was working. I love working hard. Um, But I didn't get the, the freedom. Mm. of being outdoors having a swim in the ocean yeah uh putting my feet in the sand so i need a blend of all of the like that's my perfect day that's yeah. how i my cup gets filled up filled up by that ah okay so what do you want to leave people with if there was one thing you could share Beyond the one that I already have shared. Yes. I would ask you to ask yourself, what are you avoiding? Mm. Because if you go there and address that, that will be the key to unlocking everything else. Everything else. Like avoiding... I When I was running from... If I had the perfect body, then I wouldn't feel rejected from the girls at school the boyfriend insulted me but what I was doing was working for the body avoiding the thoughts that I'd created I just needed to deal with that I felt unworthy I felt not good enough I was scared I would never fit in anywhere in this world I felt unsafe I hadn't cultivated my own internal safety I believe that safety was found in others and if I changed my appearance so other people did accept me then safety would be attained and so what I was avoiding was that my question to the audience listening is, what are you avoiding? Because when you go there, that's like, that's the key that you're searching for. Yeah. That's when you'll get the body from an embodied place or the money or the yeah. business or the boyfriend versus I'll get the, uh, say some of my clients, for example, as well, yeah. they, uh, if they're suffering with STI shame or yeah. women that connect with me on the internet, they think that, when I get the boyfriend and he accepts me and I don't tell anyone else, I can accept. he accepts me, I'll accept it. And so they'll be in their honeymoon period for a month or two. And then month three, they'll be like, the shame is still there. I still judge myself and I'm still mortified. I have married women share with me. 
never yeah. married for 10 years, 20 years, the same man. Yeah. Still suffering with the shame. Like just because someone else accepts you for the thing that you don't accept in yourself doesn't mean that you're going to accept it about exactly. you. Exactly. And my last, my previous partner would be really, he was one of those people who wanted to fix everything in you, you know, the rescuer. And I remember saying to him one day, this thing had come up around my body and acceptance of my body again. And he's like, listen, I'm going to go deal with this, you know, this issue. And this guy said this thing to you. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. The guy only said the thing to me because I believe it's somewhere within myself. Mm. And when I can accept it in myself, then that will change, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> How do we do that? And I'm like, I'm not really sure, but I'm just going to trust that I'm going to figure this out along the way, you know. Okay, so what are you avoiding? I love that. What is your most, because I want to leave this on a high note, if you could share something super controversial, what would you what would you share? About myself, about the world, about what? Anything. You choose. If I could share something super controversial. Well, like, I mean, if we were to go along with what we were talking about at the beginning of yeah. the episode, it's more, I definitely see a place in the world for modern medicine. Yeah. But my biggest... Um, issue is that it's made first place for a lot of people unnecessarily yes um so i shared a a pretty heavy message a couple of years ago around uh, medication and mental health yeah i totally understand that it has a place yeah but for certain people for other people you're lazy yeah other people you're looking for a band-aid solution for other people go and drink some water go and uh eat healthy Move your go body. and move your body. Go and put yourself in an environment that will support you to thrive. Invest in personal development. Yeah, a lot of people don't need the pill. No. The pill is just a, you know, the pill is just a a temporary band aid. It doesn't deal with the root cause. It doesn't deal with what, from where the trauma occurred. Yes, I have a friend and his brother and father have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder by their doctor. Yeah, and I was just like neither I know them I'm like neither one of them have bipolar disorder and he was like no they have unresolved trauma from the past that they're not willing to uh navigate through and process and so they've gone to the doctor and the doctor's labeled it something we don't need to label all everything that we experience I have experienced depressive thoughts in my lifetime I've never classed myself as having depression I attempted to kill myself I still have never classed myself as someone who had depression so I would be very, my controversial thing would be like, number one, medication has a role. Yes. It has a place, doesn't need to be first place. Number two, a lot of people that go there are being lazy. So let, there shouldn't be a stigma around requiring medication, but it's the people that are lazy that give, that create the stigma. Yeah. Um, I have, I've had a conversation with doctors before when I, when I put up that post and it went pretty nuts at the time, I had a conversation with a few doctors and some of them said to me, Beck. You know that sometimes I sit there and I think I, I joined this profession to help and people treat me like a lolly shop. They just come in and tell me to write them a script. I'm, like, I'm not your first point of call for a script. Let's address what's going on here. But some people Absolutely. don't want that. Yeah. Um, so just do, if you, if you don't have the worthiness, if you don't want to work on yourself and you think that a Band-Aid is the solution, it would identify to me that a lack of worthiness exists. 
Yeah. Whereas worthiness is present, you will do everything that you can to support yourself to be a thriving human. So go and do the self-worth work and become healthier physically and and internally. Mm. I love it. It's also another way of externalising responsibility for ourselves, right? I don't want to take responsibility for where I'm at. I'm going to take this thing. That's going to make me feel better. I'm going yeah, to I, and, and again, I guess as well, it becomes from your belief system. Like I've hated medicine since I was a child. Like I remember... I have a vision of like being sick and mum having a spoon with medicine on the spoon and my lips being like, mm, so like stuck together and her trying to shove it in. And I've just always hated medicine. And so this is the thing about how powerful our thoughts are. It doesn't come as a surprise to me that as a young adult, I'm just like, I don't need medicine. I don't, I would, I need to be dying before I'm like, take me to the doctor. It's like literally a last, a last point of call. I'm like, no way. I don't need, I can do so many other things before I need to go to the doctor. Yeah. If you're taught to love and trust and go to like, as soon as you have a cough, go uh, take a day off school. Like I wasn't allowed when I was a kid. We wouldn't take sick days. Yeah. So it's just a belief system. And sometimes it's lazy. Sometimes it's just a belief system. And I would just ask yourself, do your beliefs serve and support you to yeah. live the most expressed, expansive, fulfilling, healthy, thriving life that you can? And if they don't, I do some work on them. It's so simple, isn't it, when you look at it like that? You know, I think we're so afraid of, are we afraid of our potential? And that's what stops us. Mm. Are we afraid of the unknown? But on the other side is like this life. Um, there's a, a quote by Terence McKenna. Um, oh, I'll see if I can, and it's about, um, jumping off into the abyss. Uh, hold on. Nature loves courage. I'm going to read it for you. Yes. Nature loves Do you know what one I'm talking about? I don't know. Maybe if you start reading it, I might. Here we go. It's one of my favorite quotes ever. And it reminds me of, of life. Yeah. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature, nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold, this is what they understood. This is a shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done, by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. And that's like, that's literally, that to me was talking about STIs on the internet. The story yes. that I had yeah. and then realising once I threw myself in, I landed on a, a bed of feathers. Yeah. But it's perception, isn't it? It's how I used to feel about my body. I can't let people do this. I can't wear this. I can't show people that. Oh, I wouldn't be do that. I wouldn't ask that guy out. I wouldn't go and do that thing. And I'm like, no one else was stopping you. That was just you. That was just you deciding all those things. 
Like, I mean, I honestly used to say, like, I honestly used to have at the bottom of it all the belief that if I was thinner, my life would be that partner wouldn't have left me. I'd have more money. I'd be more successful. I would have better friends. I would have done more things on my, really? Now I look back on that and I think, did I really believe that for so many years? Like, was it really that? And that was something I had created. Yes, lots of external influences, but that was something that my sense of self Mm. happily kept drinking from every day. Mm -hmm. And you're definitely not alone. How many of us have have drunk from that same part? When women talk about their bodies and I think it's everyone. There is not a woman on the planet that would not have had a moment where there's something about her body that she's like, you know. And this is the thing as well when it comes back to our thoughts. A lot of the work that I do with women is around disordered eating and I tell them it's not about how you look, it's your thoughts about how you look. Because at my smallest, I thought I was disgusting and fat. I used to call myself fat. There's yeah. 20 Australian kilograms smaller than what I am now. 20. I'm a small woman. I'm curvaceous, but 20 kilos off me is like a lot. A lot. I thought I was, I used to look in the mirror and I used to see so much fatness. Oh, yeah. Pinching, yeah. and I wouldn't have been able, I would have been like, yeah, no. in and I wouldn't be able to concentrate on the conversation. Because yeah. I'd be looking um, at myself so much. What's going on with my face? Don't smile because your cheeks look too fat. I mean, these, <clears throat> these are the thoughts I would have, I have had. Mm. My younger self, don't do that. And then, you know, now, I th- now I'm like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it's hard to remember what life is like when I, used to think like this about myself and that's the beauty of self-celebration to really spend some time sometimes to go back to that past version of ourselves and sit with her and say thank you like I love who I am now but I'm not possible without the you that you were then and the work that you did to unbecome absolutely and so I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you because a part of you will always exist within me and her thoughts might still be there and when they come, when we're triggered, we don't need to judge them, but just ask her, what does she need in those yeah. moments? Exactly. And that's a beautiful part of our healing. It's beautiful, when the, isn't it? When the ins- I still have an, a deeply insecure version of me and a bullied version of me, and she exists inside. Yeah. And so it's like asking her, like, what do you need in those moments? Do you need me to tell you that you're beautiful or that you're loved or that you're so worthy of all of these great things? Yeah. And I could be me without how powerful you were and brave that you were. You, you did that for me and now I've got you. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. Pleasure. So how do people get in touch with you? They can add me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active and you'll get yeah. the quickest response. Instagram or Facebook, Beck Antonucci. Beck Antonucci. And um, you can send me a message or engage in my posts and I'd love to see you there and if you need to chat to me, Instagram's a place to get me the fastest. You. That's your jam. Yes. Okay. Is there anything else you would love to share before we finish? I feel very complete. Me too. Awesome. 
Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Have a beautiful day, Nat. Thanks for having Thank me. You.